How's it guys? My name is Mark Haystick and I'm the host of the Birding Life Youth Podcast. In last week's episode, we talked about recent rarities we twitched in my area and a rarity I found with Josh Klein just last week, which caused some excitement for the local birders, but we only got to talk a little bit about birding in my local area amongst the rare bird talks. So if you haven't already, you can listen to the previous episode after this one to get a better idea of the area and what we were up to. So I started birding in a town called George here in the Garden Route and I was very privileged to actually start my passion with a friend of mine uh, where we discovered this thing called birding together. I didn't actually have parents who were into birding or anything like that so us two friends, us birding buddies actually started finding out about this thing called birding together um, and discovered what it was all about and started birding in our area. But I never used to stay in George until about 13 years ago so I actually I was born in Durban and then after that my family and I uh, we traveled down around South Africa quite a lot looking for a place to stay and settle down and while I was at my my grandparents house in Jeffreys Bay in the Eastern Cape um, I think that's sort of where my passion for birding started like my my passion for outdoors because I remember distinctly like while I was there that my days were spent on the balcony looking at the weavers nests in the fever tree that was growing at the back of their house and I would just watch them all day long because they made such a noise if you if you stay in South Africa or you've ever visited South Africa you'll know what I mean the cape weavers or most weavers in fact but particularly the cape weavers make a heck of a lot of noise when they're at their nest especially in breeding time so I would watch them build their nests the females destroy the males work of their house um and in Jeffreys Bay, it's very windy. So often the the eggs would fall out of the nests, these bright blue small eggs. And I would I, I, th- I thought they were very cool. So I'd often go and collect them. And I remember one day I, I put a whole lot in my pocket, like 20 of them. And I was like six years old you know, now. So I, I went inside and then I started leopard crawling and trying to scare my sister. And I forgot these eggs were in my pocket. And the next thing I feel this squelchy stuff in my pocket and... I put my hand there, I remember there were eggs in my pocket. So that was probably my earliest birding experience. But then we moved down to the garden route 13 years ago. And so I've been birding for about four years now. And uh, that's sort of how my birding passion started. And so growing up in this area and doing the majority of my birding in the garden route with my birding buddy, uh, I've got quite a lot of places to talk about and recommend as birding hotspots that I've been to and been told about. So just to start off, the Neisner Tarako is the symbol for the Garden Route District and I think for good reason because I think people come here and they want to see the Neisner Tarako. Like I've seen overseas tourists coming for walks here, uh, particularly in the forest saying, have you seen the the Tarako? And it's like, yes, okay, there's more beautiful birds here to see. Um, And by the way, it's one of the most common birds in the forests here in the Garden Route. So Sometimes I have to remind myself to look at it properly because it's such a majestic bird actually uh, with such beautiful bright uh, contrasting colors. So the the Garden Route District actually has a lot of indigenous forest with yellowwood trees uh, taking the majority of the the landscape and habitat uh, where there are forests. And I don't think they can be compared to those of the uh, KwaZulu-Natal province, but for the area, um, it really is, if you want to go forest birding in the Western Cape, I think the Garden Route is one of the best places. Um, 
and talking about forest species, uh, the Narina trogons here, I can't get over this, but the Narina trogons in the, in the Nasna forest are so active. Um, I'm not sure how active they are in KZN. I've never actually been there myself, even though I was born there. Um, they, I don't, I think they could even be compared to Narina trogons there. So Adam, you can let me know <laughs> how, how often you see Narina trogons there because I think I've seen about 20 here on the garden route in the last four years. So just let me know about that, Adam. I'd, I'd be very keen to, to see for myself one day. Now, the majority of the forests in the garden routes are protected by South Africa National Park. And one of the best places to go on a walk in the forest is Ebb and Flow Rest Camp, uh, the main rest camp of the Garden Route National Park, where they've got loads of forest trails. Um, named, they've actually named the trails very cleverly after all the kingfishers in the area. Um, but this this particular rest camp is not like the, the typical ones you get in the Kruger where it's fenced off from wildlife. There's no dangerous wildlife around here. Um, you can walk around the area. There's trails that go for like 20 kilometers. And one of the biggest ones in the area is called the Otaniqua Hiking Trail that actually goes over quite, I think it goes over the majority of the Otaniqua mountain range and into the Nisna forest. Um, and it's it's a few day hike with log cabins along the way. So that would be the optimum forest experience, um, which I'd love to still do myself. Um, but Ebenflow Rest Camp has got quite a lot of trails and the habitats there um, alongside of the forest is obviously the, the ocean, the secretive rivers and the estuaries, which provide quite an array of species, uh, particularly water birds and forest birds, obviously. And then along with um, the Garden Route National Park, quite close to rest to the Ebenflow Rest Camp, is the Three Flayer, or Three Lakes, which are all protected by South African National Parks and are considered important biodiversity areas. With I think there's three hides, three bird hides in the area where exceptional water bird viewing can be can be experienced. So that is definitely another hotspot for the area. And then the Nasna Forest, not to be forgotten, uh, where uh, the legendary Circles in a Forest book by Delia Matia was written. And it's still said that there's actually one elephant left. So it's quite a mystical forest. I mean, the uh, highlight species would obviously be Nasa Taraco, Narina Trogon, uh, Scaly-throated Honeyguide, Greenbacked, Camaroptera, Nisna Woodpecker. And the town of Nisna is situated just south of the Nisna Forest. Uh, it's a very historical town which is situated right next to uh, the Nisna Lagoon. Um, and just interestingly enough, Nisna, Nisna Pelagics uh, has just started there. Pelagics are going out from the lagoon to, I think, 50 nautical miles out to sea. And I actually went to my first one in December, which was really brilliant. So um, and it's quite a, an experience as well, going out from the lagoon uh, between the Nisna heads, uh, which are two giant rock faces at the, the mouth of the lagoon going into the sea. So it's really a beautiful place to go, I'd say. Um, and so some of the other reserves in the area owned by Cape Nature now are ones like Swartberg Nature Reserve. Now the Swartberg is on the northern side of the Otaniqua Mountains, uh, bordering the Klankaroo from the Greater Karoo. And the Klankaroo is still part of the Garden Route region, which is like a semi-arid a uh, semi-desert uh, biome with a totally different array of species as you go over the mountain. So the Swartberg Nature Reserve actually covers 
mainly Feinbos habitat um, on the Fa on the Swartberg mountain and only covers a small bit of Karoo habitat. Uh, but species, uh, special species to be found there are ones such as Cape Siskin, Cape Rock Jumper, Ground Woodpecker, and Proto Canary, as well as Sentinel Rock Thrush and so on. Um, and yeah, we actually went on a trip to the Great Karoo uh, a few weeks ago. And on our way back, we were driving over the Swartberg Pass um, and we heard a Cape Eagle Owl, which is a really, really lacquer species to get for the Garden Root re region. I still haven't even seen one yet, uh, but it was very encouraging to hear one on the on the mountain to know that they're still active in the area. Um, but yeah, anyways, it's very interesting to know, to see that um, you go from the south part of the Garden Route where there's lots of forests, estuaries, coastline and lush habitat where the majority of the cities are. You go over the Otanuka Mountains into the Klein Karoo and you just go from wet to dry. And then that Klein Karoo is bordered by the Swartberg mountain range. So um, yeah, it's, just, it's a very interesting landscape in such a small area here in the Garden Route. Now, on one of my most recent birding expeditions on the Otanuka Mountains, uh, overlooking the city of George, where I am now, we went up halfway up the mountain to look for some Fainbos specials, and we got stuff like striped flufftail, Cape Siskin, um, Victron's Warbler, lots of those guys around at the moment. And we were looking for Red Wing Franklin, which we didn't manage to find, but they haven't seen in the area quite, uh, quite a lot recently. And it's quite a special species for the region. The thing about the Otanuka mountain range is that it doesn't have as much of a diversity of fainbull species as the um, Swartberg mountain range does. But uh, one of the, the cool stories of when I started birding, um, I was busy chatting to one of my birding mentors and he said, no, I, I reckon there's Cape Rock Jumper up on George Peak um, because the altitude is about 3,000 meters um, above sea level which is more or less the altitude for rock jumper. And the habitat is perfect, but no one had ever seen one on those Nuku Mountains before. So that month, um, I decided I'm gonna take a few of my mates up and we are gonna just camp up there. Now they weren't, bearing in mind, they weren't birding mates of mine, but <laughs> we camped up there for two nights and I was looking around and then I hear the sound coming from the rocks and Put my binos on it and what do you know it's a cape rock jumper um and that was the first cape rock jumper recorded on the otanuka mountains and um it was quite a special achievement for me because it was a lifer back then and i was only 12 years old so that was another lesson i learned that if there's the right habitat and it's the correct range for a species of bird why wouldn't it be there you know birds can be anywhere birds have wings they can <laughs> pitch up any anywhere they want Two other nature reserves with rivers on them in the area are the Gokama and Kierbooms Lagoon Nature Reserve. Um, and the Kierbooms Lagoon Nature Reserve in Platenburg Bay is one of the best places to see African finfoot and whiteback night heron, uh, which was seen there recently. Um, now, an interesting thing about the whiteback night heron is that a couple of years ago, uh, one pitched up in Sedgefield, which is further west of Platenburg Bay. Um, and it was seen a couple of times at a black crown night heron's uh, nesting site among with a whole lot of other cormorants and spoonbills. And every night at dusk, this thing would come out and hop along the branches very slowly and then all of a sudden take flight into the, the dark sunset. Um, and that only happened about three times. Um, and I went to go see it and I've never seen one since. But the garden route is 
the most western range for the white the whiteback night heron in the um, southern part of uh, Africa, I believe, um, certainly in South Africa. So that was one of the the, the highlights um, for, for, from all the birds I've seen in the garden route so long. Now, some of the other spots that I really like to go birding at, which aren't uh, exactly nature reserves, just lack of spots that people have found in the area uh, where there is good bird activity and nice habitat. Um, one of the places is Fuerflay. Now, um, as I've told in my previous podcasts, Fuerflay is where my friend and I found uh, the mega buff-breasted sandpipers, which I should stop talking about now, actually. Um, but it's actually beautiful habitat there, um, including uh, a, a pan that fills up only every few years. It was actually the last time it filled up was four years ago. And when it does, it's a birder's paradise. I mean, this time we found a mega rarity, which was really cool. But the other habitat there is acacia thickets. It's very close to the Khoritz River um, and the Khoritz River mouth where black harriers nest and there's nice water birds there as well. Um, and then another place is the Mossel Bay estuaries. Now, Fulflay is quite close to Mossel Bay. So um, there's quite a few spots around um, the Fulflay area that you can go do quite a lot of birding um, in one day. But just a drive from Mossel Bay are the three main estuaries of the area, Grootbrak, uh, Kleinbrak and Hartenbos, which all have wonderful wader activity at them. Um, some of the nice ones we get there are Ruddy Turnstone, uh, the Green Shanks, lots of turn roosts at all the uh, estuaries there. And then close by to the estuaries is some uh, nice farm road birding and also another pass, another mountain pass called Robinson's Pass, which also goes over Fainbos and enters the Klein Karoo. So just to round it off, as I said, the Whiteback Night Heron has its most western range for South Africa here in the Garden Roots. A couple of other species uh, which also in their distribution in the Garden Route is Niza Taraco, as I mentioned earlier, Lazy Cisticular, Wailing Cisticular, and then there seems to be an influx of black collared barbets and common skimmitables here in the Garden Route. They've never actually been residents here before, but last year the common skimmitables decided to start populating the Clankaroo, and more and more sightings have been seen throughout the last few months there. Um, and in fact, uh, I was out with a couple of my friends birding there and we found, we actually found our own common skimmitable there, which was worth reporting on the South African rare bird news. But the black collared barbers are becoming more and more common in the area. And I've always loved that bird. Whenever we travel to the Eastern Cape or something, um, I would love their call, you know, it's not the typical surround sound <laughs> or call that you would hear in the, the dawn chorus here in the garden route. So to be hearing that now, um, is, is very pleasantly surprising. Um, and so those are some of the special birds that you won't get anywhere else west of the Garden Route in the Western Cape. So if you are coming to the Garden Route or anyone you know is coming, feel free to let me know. And my friends and I will be very happy to help you see some birds of the area and show you around to show you some of the Garden Route's gems that I've experienced growing up here as a South African birder. Well, that's a summary of the garden route and some places to go. I'm glad I could share that with you guys. And until next time, happy birding. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can check out The Birding Life on all your social media platforms and your preferred podcast players. Until next time, happy birding.